Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Grave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Thank you, Jesus. Well, as I uh, look back, I saw Elena, and uh, I got a word, so I don't know if you need to, this might just in a half-hour word. <laughs> but uh, I just, when I look back to you, I, I heard the Lord say that he's going to start narrowing down your options. And you're going to be able to choose that which the Lord has for you without having to go through a lot of frustration and turmoil. And so the Lord says the path that he has for you is good and you're going to rejoice, even though it might not seem in, at the moment to be the, even the path that you would choose. But the Lord says that at the end of the path and even along the way, you're going to see the wisdom of the Lord. So the Lord says he's narrowing the paths. The choices are going to be simple. Enjoy it. Hallelujah. Enjoy it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I was going to say, just to let you know I can do it. <laughs> you know, when you got so many people that are prophets around here, you can just sit back and relax. You know? right. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Anybody alive today? Thank you, Jesus. I want to share with you, I, I don't have, uh, you know, it's the eternal gospel. <laughs> I preach the eternal gospel. But you know what? You can only sit so long. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you what you can handle. Jesus said, I have many things to say unto you but you are not able to handle it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I want to I share with you, it's something I've mentioned before, but uh, I want to talk about it again. It's, called, it's the doctrine that the, that the early church had for the first thousand years. And as time went on, then uh, these other scholars came along. And they shifted us from the original intent. Okay. Uh, how many of you remember, oh, what's his name? Miles Monroe. Anybody remember Miles Monroe? I remember hearing him uh, preach one time, and he talked about when after Adam and Eve sinned, God didn't have to come up with a new plan. Because God has an original intent. Yes. So God didn't say, oh no, what am I going to do? Adam and Eve sinned. God's going, God, said, God knew what he was going to do. He was going to bring them back to the original. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, God has a plan and a purpose for you. God's, uh, even though you might have strayed from that, God's going to bring you back to his original plan and purpose if you cooperate. And so the doctrine that the early church preached uh, even for a thousand years was Christ is victor. Christ is victorious. Hallelujah. Christ is never defeated. Oh, he was crucified. He was beating the devil when he was crucified. It says that he spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it, it being the cross. I was just thinking, uh, you know, we had all these. It was a, uh, a morning of prophetic words that was to encourage people that were down. Even if you're in the dust, Satan's still lower than you. (laughs) Even if you're, uh, you know, you felt like you've been beaten and down and laying in the dirt, the enemy is still under your feet. Hallelujah. I have a little thing, a little picture on uh, on my computer, and it's, a rhinoceros. I, you know, I never realized how big they were. I was in a van one time on a safari, and that rhinoceros that we saw was as big or bigger than the van I was in. And I thought, if he, if he just wanted to, he could kill us, knock us over. I said that for the picture's sake, because I see this picture, and this rhinoceros is running from a little chihuahua. And then the caption was, it's all about attitude. (laughs) It's all about attitude. Even if you're in, even if you're on the mats, even if you're down, even if you're sweaty and the dust is just turned into mud on you, you're still higher than the enemy. Christ is victor. Hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord. You know, Christ did not just come as your substitute. I'm not belittling that. He He was our substitute, but he didn't just come as your substitute. And Christ didn't just come to take a beating for you. Hallelujah. He didn't just come to take a beating for you. And the thought of that beating was that God, that he had to step in between us and God to protect us. He had to come and get between us so God's wrath didn't come on us. Ooh, Lord. Reminds me of my father. I just didn't have anybody to stand in between. (laughs) Hallelujah. This 
don't have time to develop it, but I'll just, if you read Romans chapter 8, it talks about, it talks about when God poured out his wrath, it was on sin. Yes. Not on you. That's right. Hallelujah. The judgment was on the sin, not you. Hallelujah. You know, even when Adam and Eve sinned, he didn't curse them. Come on, turn to somebody and say, God didn't curse you. You can go back and now you can say back to them, so quit cursing yourself. Don't curse yourself. God's not cursing you. Bless the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, as how many remember the, uh, the Israelites? Back in Egypt. God judged the Egyptians for holding them in bondage. He, God judged the oppressor and not the oppressed. Come on now. Where's God's wrath directed? To the enemy, not you. Hallelujah. You know, when I was a kid and my mom used to say, you wait until your dad gets home. Somebody else has heard it. You wait until... So, well, I never did do it, but uh, maybe I might have. But, oh man, here he comes. I'm running for my dad, for my dad. No, I was running the other way. <laughs> Come on, you wait until your dad gets home. This is kind of how we've been preaching for years. You wait until your dad gets home. Well, my Bible says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting your trespasses against you. For God so hated the world that he sent Jesus to get in between you so he could beat up on Jesus, get rid of his wrath, and then he'd take you in. I don't think that's what it says. I think it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Amen. Amen. There is therefore now no, no condemnation. If you got it, it ain't because of him. Come on. I'm free, I'm free, I'm free indeed. <laughs> you know, you just don't realize the liberty. I was so, I was so didn't want to get, I was so worried about my reputation. I don't care. I mean, I want a good, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to do anything stupid. <laughs> but she, I was reminded of David this morning. David danced with all his might before the Lord. And he told his wife, he said, I'll get more indignant than this. Hallelujah. If we realize 
what, the, what he's really done for us. Well, Christ is victor. Well, what's he victor over? He's victor over lack. He's victor over nature. He's victor over angels. Remember, he was in the garden when they came to arrest him and the disciples were getting all up worried about it and they drew their sword. And Jesus said, put your sword away. Couldn't I not call 12 legions of angels? He could have. He didn't. He just chose not to. Victor, victor over angels. He's victor, victor over distance. He's, he, he's, uh, the centurion said, said, come and heal my servant. And then, the, and then the centurion said, speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. He spoke the word and the distance was no, op- was no obstacle. He's victor over death. We know that he rose from the dead, but not only that, he raises people from the dead, mm-hmm. even today. He's victor over hate. Yeah. Victor over hate. Man, they nailed him to a cross, beat him to, till he was beyond recognition. He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know that you are carriers of his presence? You are a carrier of him. And let me just say this. The Lord, the Lord gave me this this morning. He says, you don't have a revolving door. What's that mean? That means when he goes in, he doesn't come back out. Have you ever gone in one of those stores with the door? When I was a kid, that was fun, you know. You know, it's just fun. But God's doesn't, God doesn't have a revolving door on you. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never. Do you know the weakest saint? The weakest saint has the, has the king of the universe yeah. on the inside. Said, I feel weak. Just because you feel weak doesn't mean you are weak. Just because you feel abandoned, you're not abandoned. Just because you feel lonely, you are not alone. Just because you feel defeated, you're not defeated. It is Christ the victor that lives on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Oh, yeah. I had a little situation this morning. I was in worship, and I, and I thought, I better make sure my car's locked. I don't want you getting in my car. <laughs> so anyway, I go out, and I touch my car, and I lock it. I come back in, and I forget the, the exchange we had. But uh, I said, well, you know, if you got, if you got, the, if you got the pod, you got the power. If I got this pot, all I have to do is touch my car, and it unlocks or locks. You got the pod, you got the power. 
You got, you got Jesus. You got the power. You shall lay hands on what? On the sick and they shall get sicker. No, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's not you. It's the pod. <laughs> or God, who, however you want to put it. You got the pod or you got God. You better have God. Because when you've got the power. What are we talking about? We're talking about Christ the victor. Hallelujah. Another thing, we sang, you know, this, that song kind of convicted me this morning. The Reckless Love. Wish I could remember. Uh, but reckless love. But it was all about God's reckless love towards us. But then I started thinking, I've got the pod. I've got God. So where's that reckless love? That reckless love is in me. That reckless love is in you. So that reckless love wants to get out. It wants to be demonstrated by you. Oh, what, was the, what were those words? <laughs> it was so good. It was just fitting because even though, we seem, even though we think people are unworthy, even though we think we don't, they don't deserve her, even though we think it's not, you know, they're, they're never going to receive it. You got God. He's got reckless love. And he wants to flow through you. Yeah. Now, I don't want to put any pressure on you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't want to put any pressure on you. And the way you don't have to have pressure on you is you just, go, you just uh, realize and you fellowship and you commune with God and God's just going to come out. You don't have to fake reckless love. My wife used to ask me, do you love me? I have to preface this. I went to uh, Rama and Fred Price, Frederick Casey Price was there, and he said, if you're going to be a man of faith, you can't lie. You can't lie. You know, you just got to speak the truth. <laughs> so my wife asked me if she loved me. Yeah, if I loved her. And I was thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a long time ago. And I said, I love you by faith. <laughs> I love you by faith. Well, I was being as honest as I could. Said <laughs> so we all grow in. We all grow in faith, don't we? We all grow in love, don't we? I love you like I never loved before. <laughs> you, you probably, wouldn't, I could finish that song. You probably would never guess who sang it. No. Anybody ever hear Al Jolson? Yeah. I used to like that movie they made about him. Anyway, 
So anyway, you got it in you whether you feel it or not. You got to act on it, though. You got to appropriate it. You, uh, you have reckless love on the inside of you. You don't have to fake it. You just appropriate it and start acting on it. Did I feel it? I felt it by faith. I moved by faith. You know what? She was having a hard time <laughs> because of me. But <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a man of faith. I have to tell the truth, right? I remember we were still in the storefront church on Center Street. And it was on a Wednesday evening, and the kids were, <laughs> you know, they were little. And uh, she was having a hard time, and it's right before church. You don't want to have a hard time right before church. That never, happens. never, ever. Especially if you're the preacher. You never want to have, you never want to, you want to be at least a little bit good, you know. So anyway, it was just before church, and, you know, she was having a hard time. So me and the kids went out, and uh, anybody remember Walburn Shoes? Well, we walked over the Walburn Shoes. She was still in the church, and I said, and I said, Lord, I said, help me to love my wife. Sounds like a pretty good prayer. You say, well, she's just so sweet. You just ought to be able to do it. She was sweet. But I need a little help. <laughs> Lord, help me to love my wife. And he, said, he spoke to me just right then, and he said, love is not a feeling. Love is an action. You do the action, and the feeling will come. That's one thing to hear a word. It's another thing to do it. <laughs> Have you ever heard it easier said than done? <laughs> Man, I'm done. I haven't even gotten started. But that changed that, the rest of our lives. That has changed the rest of our lives. It did. In a positive sense. <laughs> so you say, well, how? Uh, how? Man, I can preach this when I come back. Hallelujah. <laughs> How can I do it? Just act like you love. Well, I don't even know what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Well, let's just go there because I forget. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can, be, I can be real spiritual and I can say I don't want him. I want to get the true intent of the word. <laughs> they just say, they, they ain't admitting, they just forgot the scripture. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. At least I know the address. If you, you might know the address, but are you operating? <laughs> Living there. Living there, yeah, right. So anyway, love suffers long. That means it's patient and is kind, does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely. My, uh, my grandfather, his 
real name was Rudolph. First name. <laughs> what are you laughing about? <laughs> but you know what my grandmother called him? Rude. And uh, they, they had a six-acre plot, and, you know, they planted. You know, most of that six-acre plot was planted with corn and tomatoes and cucumbers and all that. And then they had um, apple trees, too. But so anyway, my grandmother, when she made, had lunch ready, she would call my grandfather. And she would say, Rude! <laughs> He was rude, and rude came. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know, oh, man, I could tell a story about him. Might as well just close it out with rude, being rude. <laughs> my grandfather, my, actually my great-grandfather, great uh, you know, they were Christians. I didn't even know it. A lot of Christians back there. Great great grandfather was a Christian, was a preacher. And uh, so anyway, when it came to my grandfather, he, you know, you know Branson. You ever heard of Branson? Well, that's they lived in that area, that Spokane, Missouri. And so anyway, they would get up. They had their kids, my grandparents get the kids ready, they would walk to church barefooted. I don't know if you've ever been to Branson, but it's rocky. They walk to church barefoot, and then they put their shoes on right before they got there. They didn't want to wear out their shoes, you know. So anyway, back in the day, they had, um, they voted for the Sunday school teachers. Well, my grandfather was a school teacher, is to shorten the story. He did not win the election. So he got offended. Somebody say offended. He got offended and he left the church. He didn't go back and he refused to let my grandmother go to church and take the kids. Say offense. Well, my dad became an alcoholic. My dad was, we didn't call him rude, but he was rude to the family. Now, if, if he just met you, everybody think, you think he's the sweetest guy. Is Joel here? No. I remember I used to tell stories <laughs> about my dad. And so eventually I took my kids, his grandkids, out to Missouri. So my dad, you know, he was trying to be nice. You know, the older you get, you either get, the older you get, you either get nice or you get mean, meaner. Well, he was trying to get nicer. He was actually going to church. And so anyway, we're, you know what a pond is, you know. So I was here. Joel was here. Now, we had a little distance between us, and my dad was over here. 
And my son yells over to me and says, hey, dad, your dad isn't as bad as you said he was. (laughs) So anyway, say offense. My dad became an alcoholic. He was abusive to the boys, especially. You know, I, I couldn't, I can't even tell you some of the names he called me. Can't even, don't, wouldn't want to repeat it in church. <coughs> Glory to God. Now, hallelujah, I'm free. Yeah. Say, I'm free. And he tried, you know, he tried to reconcile as best as he could. (laughs) But I wasn't healed yet. (laughs) And Melody claims he actually told me he loved me. So I was walking out the door, getting ready to go home to to Pennsylvania. And uh, Melody said, he says, I love you, son. I didn't hear it. I just kept on going, you know. But you know that offense, that little offense, and my brothers, alcoholic, they're not now. I don't know if I was. I was pretty close besides other sins. <laughs> but hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's got a redemptive story. Yes, yes. Don't let offense. There's, there's two kinds of offense. There's where you get offended, and there's what's called secondhand offense. You get offended because somebody else is offended. Both are the same. If you take on offense, it is going to affect you. It's going to affect your family. Could be for generations. Let's get rid of offense. Yes, yes, God. Why? Because Christ is victor over hate. Yes. Christ is victor over offense. Christ is victor so that you can have the victory. He is living in you. You are infected with Christ. That sounds bad, but that's the best I can say. You are infected with Christ. Everywhere you go, you carry Christ. Everywhere you go, you carry the love of Christ. That's why it is so important for you to realize that God didn't send his son to put him in between you and him. He was pouring out his wrath on sin, death, And the devil, the Bible says the last enemy that will be conquered is not you. (laughs) The last enemy that will be conquered is death. Hallelujah. Are you ready to walk in victory? Are you ready to live it? You You might feel low. But remember, Satan is under your feet. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Christ is victor. Christ is victor. You, I, you got the pod? You got the pod? You got God? 
You know, just even you being around people, when you realize this, when you, when you, uh, when you stir it up, see, everything we get from God has to be appropriated. It has to be, it has to be grabbed a hold of. It has to be fed. It has to be nurtured. Paul told Timothy to stir up the gift that was on the inside of him. You've got the victor on the inside of you. You've got the victor who has overcome death, hell, the grave, offense, hatred, strife. You have the victor. Stir him up. Stir him up. Don't worry about how you look. Don't worry about how you look. Well, I don't feel it. I don't care. I don't feel I don't feel like coming to church sometime. <laughs> Hallelujah. Say, well, you're probably sitting there, well, I don't either. What are we doing here? <laughs> I feel good now. I don't really like it. Really, before I get up to preach, I don't like it. I think, oh, what am I gonna say? Then after the Holy Ghost comes, I don't know if he's moving you, but he's moved me. Come on. I got to wrap it up. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you, Lord God, for the spirit of God who lives on the inside of us. I just break off the power of of false identity in the name of Jesus. I break off the identity of the weak. I break off the, you might feel weak, but you're not weak. You might feel, you might feel abandoned, but you're not abandoned. You are accepted in the beloved. So I decree right now in the name of Jesus that Christ the victor comes to the surface in each and every one of our lives. And we live lives, not a, not of trying to, not of trying to bring a fake God, but just let God come out in Jesus' name. Live life and enjoy life. Because didn't the Bible say that we are to rejoice? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.